Welcome to the Energy Update presented by the Institute for Energy Research for the week of March 22nd, 2021. I'm Alex Stevens. On the blog this week, we have a bunch of new articles up, including one following up with the aftermath of the Texas blackouts. There's been a lot of finger pointing in the aftermath of the February blackouts in Texas with ire directed toward the state's governor, the grid operator, the power generators, and the federal government, among others. While no single firm answer can explain the crisis, it's clear that many Texans suffered. Over 4 million electricity customers had to do without power for days. Many of those with power received enormous bills, and most tragically, dozens of people lost their life. Certain facts are apparent. Wind energy went from producing over 40% of the state's generation before the freeze to a small fraction during the freeze, resulting in coal, natural gas, and nuclear power generating the lion's share of electricity. While wind generation faltered and natural gas supplies were prioritized to meeting home heating needs, coal capacity picked up the slack, along with nuclear energy. Despite renewable proponents believing that the intermittency of solar and wind wind power can be managed with energy storage and massive investments in new transmission infrastructure, the truth is that grid-scale energy storage is too expensive and building new cross-country high-voltage transmission lines is also expensive. Texas was lucky to have coal, natural gas, and nuclear capacity to pick up the slack. Yet President Biden wants the United States to put all of its eggs in one basket. His plan would make the U.S. dependent on electricity generated mainly by renewable energy sources and provide that energy to the entire energy system at a cost to taxpayers and consumers. In addition to that blog, we also have a new article up by IER's founder, Robert Bradley, titled Paris is Going the Way of Kyoto. There, he outlines the fact that the aspirational Paris Agreement of 2015 is becoming more unattainable as each day goes by. Finally, IER's head economist David Kreutzer has a blog up explaining how the discount rate, which is used to calculate the social cost of carbon, is widely misunderstood to be a way of diminishing the importance of benefits and costs to those who live generations from now. With that misunderstanding in place, climate planners argue that lower discount rates create greater intergenerational equity because they justify greater expense now for any future climate benefit. He argues that infantilizing the future allows this bizarre twist that regards greater transfers from a poor generation to a richer one as more equitable. All of these blogs and more content from IER staff can be found at our website, instituteforenergyresearch.org. Thank you for listening. Until next week, I'm Alex Stevens.